So um, we're coming out of an amazing time with 412, and just God has been doing so much. Even the time before 412, we had Jonathan Conrath. Ugh, yeah, we did have Jonathan Conrath, but Jonathan Stanfield, he was with us. And Jonathan Stanfield spoke about the Word and us getting into the Word. And I loved what he said, and I just want to kind of reiterate it. Because even as we come into the Word today, it's important for us to, uh, to look at it the same way. As he said, that the, the Bible that we read, it's the words of Jesus. It's not Jesus. And so we can look to the Word and we can look to the Scriptures to try and find what Jesus is going to say. But ultimately, we need to accept and receive Jesus for our own selves so that when His words come and the Bible is being read, that it actually testifies and it kind of sounds like something that Jesus would have said. you hear what I'm saying? And it's important that even coming into the day that we come with that, like actually like, Lord, I want to hear from you. Yes, we're going to read Scripture, and yes, God is going to speak, but Jesus, I want to hear from you for me. Amen? And so, as we come into this morning, can I quickly pray for us? So just there where you're at. If you can maybe just close your eyes and just even just open up your hands. Because right now, yes, we are church and we are family. But man, God wants to meet with me and He wants to meet with you in this moment. And He wants to speak to me and He wants to speak to you. And there's not one person here in this room this morning that God is not completely aware of. Like not one of us this morning is escaping his sight, escaping his, his heart, escaping, he can escape his love. No, no, for each and every one of us here this morning, he knows exactly where you're at, knows exactly what you're thinking, and he wants to come and meet you. And so we want to be in a posture where we are able to actually hear him and, and hear that call that he's giving for us to be in relationship with him. So Father, we're just in this moment right now, God. We just want to open ourselves up to you. And we pray, God, that you will come in this moment. And as the word is being spoken and preached, God, I pray that you will come and encounter each and every one of us here this morning. Father, we want to know you. We want to know you better. We want to be with you. We want to allow, God, your gospel and your spirit to have its way in us, God, so that your kingdom can be established not just in our lives, but in this world, and all of this for the glory of your name, because you are worthy, God. You're worthy to be praised. You are all glorious, God. And so we pray, would you come and work in us here this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So my uh, title for this morning um, is Called to Mature, okay? Called to Mature. And so we're going to dig straight into the scriptures, and I'm going to read out of Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 16. Okay, so now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, Jesus, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed, blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so they, cl- so they sound, cl- so the clever they sound, so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. Beautiful scripture. Over this time of 412, we've seen this. We've seen where God comes and the apostolic, the evangelists, the, the prophets, the teachers, the pastors, where they serve us in the Word, serve us in how to build our lives as individuals in a way that glorifies God within me, but also glorifies God together with the full body of Christ. Amen? And so we came through the 412 conference, and one of the main messages was not these deep secrets to the faith that people think that they're going to come and receive. I was a while ago um, reading about um, this prophet guy, he calls himself Prophet Something. I can't remember um, what his name was. But, and he's got this thing of where you actually donate and commit to sponsoring his ministry. And the more money you donate and commit to him, the more secrets to the faith or to the understanding of the prophetic he gives to you. And I go like, man, oh, I don't know, hey. See, it sounds good. It sounds like, man, I want to know everything there is about the prophetic. I want to know everything about how the Spirit works. And so, but actually, that's not God's way. God came to 12 disciples that was completely, um, in a sense, they were not good enough to be people serving, to be the, the, the religious of the day. And so they were people like me and you, normal, almost like blue-collar people. And God comes through Jesus, and He completely changes the world through those 12 people. And we see it even in the Scripture. We see like the, the, the prophets, the apostles, the teachers, they've been given so that each and every saint that forms part of the body of Christ may be built up, may be equipped for what? For the works of ministry outside of the church, but so that each and everyone can mature, that they can grow, that they can grow into the fullness of who Jesus is, because that's God's heart. This morning, I want to say to each and every one of us, no matter where we are, God's heart for me and for you is that we would look like Jesus. And man, I can tell you this, that God is way more patient and gracious and understanding with where I am at and where you are at than even what you are at with yourself. He knows exactly where you're at. And His heart for you this morning 
It's like a trumpet that is going out that is saying, I want you to grow. I want you to mature. I want you to grow in who I am, to grow in my love, to grow in my kingdom, to grow in your understanding. That's his heart. And he's, he's got eternity to work that out in us. Do you understand what that means, the weight of that? that? He's got eternity. He's got the patience of eternity to grow that into us. Where the enemy comes, and actually the enemy wants to tell us that actually, you know what? God is not actually that patient with you. Actually, God is kind of like, you know, like waiting for you to come and show the yield of what he's poured out in your life. You're like an investment, and this investment is not looking good. And so we look at ourselves like that. And so the enemy wants to come and break down our perspective of who God is, wants to break down how we believe. See, if we truly see God for who he is, we would know that it's not just that he gives patience. He is patience. It's not just that he gives love. He is love. It's not just that he gives grace. He is grace. It's not just that he gives mercy. He is mercy. And he can't take those things away from him. And because he is love and mercy and grace, he's got all the patience. He's got all the understanding for who you are, for where you're at, and for where he wants you to go. And the cool thing about God is this. He doesn't just look at us in the moment. He looks at us from even before we were born till the day that we're standing in front of him, being made completely perfect and glorified, worshiping him in his presence for eternity. He sees us in all of those things all at once. That's how amazing our God is. And so if we start breaking down who God is in our own hearts and allowing the enemy to tell us that God is impatient, you know, you're such a bad guy. I mean, people shouldn't be listening to you. People shouldn't trust you. You know, just... We're actually also breaking down in that place our understanding of how strong and glorious and ultimately magnificent God is. So this morning... I want to come to this place for us. Is that God's heart for me and for you is that we would mature in Him. In His love, in our faith, our belief, our, our, our conviction in who He is, and our trust in Him to accomplish this good work that He started in each and every one of us here this morning. Because he started this work of salvation in us. It was not your doing. No, it was Jesus. Jesus made the way for you to come into salvation. Jesus encountered you. Jesus paid the price on the cross. It was him who started this work. And because he is God, 
the creator of all things, the one who holds all things, the one who is the author and the perfecter of the salvation that we have. Because of Him, He will continue this work in your life. But, there is a part that we play in this. There's a part that we play to allow God to come and mature in us His will and His ways. And we want to we look, look into that today. So, we see this in Scripture that God has given us, actually even in, the, in this Ephesians, that God has given us everything we need in order to mature. It says He gives the, the gifts, the apostles, prophets, so that they can mature the church. Amen? Let me just highlight it for us for them. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up, looking like, showing uh, being the example of the full and complete standard of who Christ is. So God comes and He gives us everything so that we can mature. That is His heart. Nobody come, gets one day, to, uh, when you get married, then you've been married a couple of years. For some, it's not like that, but generally, you are married a couple of years and then you want to have babies, Okay. When you have a baby, nobody wants to have a baby so that they can have a baby for the rest of their lives. Hey? <laughs> if you had a baby <laughs> and you realize how difficult a baby is, <laughs> you go like, please grow up now. <laughs> it's a natural process. It's a principle in life. When you plant a seed in, in the ground, you don't expect that seed. You hear no one that goes and says, look here, look at this beautiful garden. I planted all these seeds of flowers, and I just love looking at the ground, knowing that there's seeds in the ground. No, you plant a seed because you want a flower to come up. You want that seed to grow. And I want to say to you this. More than anything, all these ideas and pictures that we see of babies growing, of seeds growing, of the world around us growing, is because the one who created all of this is growth. It's like what embodies him, it's his character, is for things to grow. It's who he is, it's what he's about. He wants it to grow. And so creation is actually all around us responding to the very character of God because it's in Him. And He created it. And therefore, it will, because He's the creator, it will take on who He is. And so we see all around us flowers grow. Beautiful time. I was, honestly, this morning walking in and um, it's still a little bit like darkish. And I just was so like all the lavender. I don't know what the other flower is. I'm not a flower person, but 
It's like a white flower, something. Easter, Easter would know. Anyway, I'm not going to put Easter on the spot now. But just all of a sudden seeing these flowers, and I was just like, so wow. Like, I can't think it looked like that on last Sunday. But now all of a sudden, this Sunday, there's been rain, there's been, and all of a sudden, these flowers just come into bloom. And I was just so overwhelmed by that blooming of the flowers. And in the same way as we can look at a flower and we can see the, the beauty of it, I want to say to you, God's heart is that the, the, the gospel that's been placed in our hearts, that's having its way in us, is that we would bloom like flowers. Is that we would show that beauty of who He is, of what He has done. That is God's heart for us. God has given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit that we would grow, that we would mature, that we would come to a place of where there's a greater understanding of His Spirit and His Spirit at work within us. And so even for some of us sitting here this morning, you know the Holy Spirit is there. You know the Holy Spirit has been given. But yet there's a resistance in your heart to actually accept and receive Him. You want to hear God's voice. When I'm speaking to people, I realize, man, it's one of the biggest things. It's one of the biggest things where people feel like they don't want to, they don't, not don't want to. Everybody wants to hear the voice of God. But there's struggles there. But I want to say to us here this morning that God is more able to speak to you than what you are able to hear Him. And He will. He will speak. But it's for us to actually go like, Lord, I want it. You're like that treasure. I want everything, God. I don't just want a normal life. I don't just want to come to church so I can feel good about myself. There was a word coming this morning um, in the worship about someone that is overweight sitting and eating. And they're just eating. Coming to a Sunday service and they're eating. But then in the week, they're hungry. And I'm probably not giving the full picture, but just what I took out of it there, it's actually that it's so easy for us to just come eating and just, I want more of God, I want more of God. But wanting more of God and allowing to walk out more of God is two completely different things. And God has called us to walk out the more of who He is. When we look at the scripture, it says this, the responsibility, again, is to equip the people to what? To do His work. It's to work out who He is in the world out there. And to build up the church, the body of Christ. It's not just to receive the knowledge, to receive the, the, the intellectual side and the, just the amazing glories of God. Now, God doesn't call us to just be these kind of like stargazers to just look at the stars all day and just marvel at the stars. No. He's called us to be a people that work, that live, that walk with His kingdom, that walk with the love that is placed inside of us, and to pour that out to anyone and everyone that wants to receive it. That is His heart. So you see in Hebrews, Paul is speaking to Christians. And he's saying to them, and we're going to read it, um, 
He's saying to them how they have been hearing so much of what God is saying through the apostles and through Him, but yet they're not doing anything about it. And so he actually comes in quite strongly and quite harshly and going like, I'm speaking to you, and I actually need to speak other things to you. I need to speak deeper things to you. But actually, I can't because you're not doing anything. And so we've got to get back to giving you milk. But actually, you need meat. Hebrews 5, 11. There is much more we would like to say about this. But it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. <laughs> Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need, a, who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. When I read that, this scripture, I look at my own life and I go, Lord, am I someone that can take solid food or am I still sitting on milk? Is solid food able to come and be, like, if you're going to give a baby a piece of steak, <laughs> you're going to have trouble. <laughs> you're going to have trouble. But give Brett a, a piece of steak, and he's going to smash it. Hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Because <laughs> he's mature. At least in age. Hey, Brett. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, he's grown up. He's learned to eat. He's, stuck. he's been eating solid food. And it's the same way for us in our spiritual life. That we can come to church and we can receive everything. But if we're not doing something with what we are receiving, we're not growing. Now, I can tell you this. Doing something about the Word of God working out in your life is not easy. Really, sometimes it's not fun at all. But it's necessary. When you plant a seed into the ground, what happens to that seed? There is challenge and resistance all the way. There's the ground that is coming and pushing into the seed. And then eventually the seed, actually, what, it's, what does it say? What, is, what needs to happen? It dies. But in the process of the challenge and the dying, what happens is the seed actually comes into the very life that it was meant to have. Because the heart was never for the seed to stay a seed. It was for the seed to become a flower or to become a tree or to become whatever else. But it had to die. It had to go through the process and the challenge of going from a seed into something that is now filled with life. But for us as Christians, we tend to not look at ourselves at the challenges. Anything that's challenging, we end up going like, can't be God. God just wants me to be happy. He just wants me to have a good time. He's not into the difficult things. No, no. That's not how it works. 
See, we are called to mature and grow as individuals, but also as a together, as a people. And that's what that scripture, I'm just going to revert back to it. It says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So what that means is is this. That if you're not growing, we are not growing. If I'm not growing, we are not growing. See, all of us are in a place and in a process of having to grow. So to think that you can come to church and then there must be a worship leader that sings on tune every time and plays all the right notes and a preacher that says all the right things, that dresses all the right ways, that like just, and that that's going to make you grow. Actually, that's not true. That's like McDonald's. I don't know why I said McDonald's. Sorry. But it's not going to make you work. It's not going to make you grow. Now, actually, as the words come, as we sing songs to God, we're not just singing words on a, a screen. No, we are responding to who God is, responding to who we see Him to be. We're responding in something of like, Lord, I want to see you more. I want to know you more. We're responding to a living God. And in responding to Him, there's something that happens in us where it's, Lord, I see that you are gracious. And so, God, Lord, Lord, I want to thank you for being so gracious with me. But then when I look down, I go like, oh, shucks, Rian, you're maybe not as gracious. And so, actually, you know, maybe you need to be more gracious with, with Harry the next time he does something. <laughs> I'm just Harry, you're the first one came to mind. I love you. It's like, now no, I need to do something. I need to exercise that grace. I need to live it out. But that's not always easy. See, as each part does its own special work, the other parts grow. And so for us here as a family, we can't be the fixture that God wants us to be, unless each and every one of us take and say, God, have your way in me. God, would you come and mature me in your kingdom, in your ways, in your word, in your love, in your grace, in your mercy. God, would you come and have a work in me? And unless we do this, we'll always be this picture of a people that was not able to actually receive solid food. When we speak of maturity, we oftentimes think that maturity 
is a destination. I've lived my life, I've done the things, and now I am matured. Now that's retired. Maturity is not a destination. Maturity is a journey. It will always be. Growth is not a destination. It's a journey. So that means that not one person in this room can stand up and go, Rian, I'm sorry, but I am mature. No. All of us, and by all of us, I'm starting and putting my name number one on the list. I'm in a journey of maturing. Maturing in the things of God. Maturing in the way that God has got His way in my life. And so for each and every one of us, when we listen and when we hear and when we speak to one another and when other people speak to us, the position and the posture that we need to take in is one of they are on a journey and I am on a journey. And I want to help them in their journey and actually I need them to help me in my journey. Because as I'm on my journey and they on their journey, and we help one another in our journey, we're together journeying, I don't know if it's a word, but to a place of where we both become more mature. And I can't become more mature without someone else helping me. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to have friends, and leaders, even here, elders, but outside of us, Roland and Patty Barnard, you, you know who they are, Russell and Jenny Fraser, that sometimes, actually happened to me the other day, I was, Helen and myself were speaking to Roland and Patty, and just, this is how we're feeling, this is where we're at, and, and Patty just turned to me and said, <laughs> you need to actually just grow up. <laughs> I'm like, but don't you understand? She didn't say it like that, so just <laughs> I'm just saying what I heard, okay? She was a lot more gracious. Like, I was going like, but you need to understand how I'm feeling. You need to understand how difficult this is. You need to, you need to, I need someone to hug me right now. And she's like, actually, no, you need to grow up and you need to mature and you need to come into the things that God has for you. And if you're going to sit in this puddle and your own we and tears, you're not going to go anywhere. And in the moment, I was like, ah, oh, man, why is these people so hard? But coming back from it, I'm like, God, I thank you. I thank you that people are challenging me. Because without challenging me, I'm not going to be able to come into the more. I'm not going to be able to grow, to mature, to walk into what God has for me. So, for me as the leader here of the eldership team, I want to say this to us. Now, I'm going to read it because I want, don't want to miss a word here. <laughs> of the team here in Each Meet I Am, my one goal is this, 
is to direct and lead the team, the elders, that as a team, that we help the deacons and the community leaders together to serve them and care for every person in the congregation. But not just to care for you, but for you to grow. For you to grow towards the plans and the purposes that God has for you. That's why we are here. Now, we need to realize that it's great. It's great to hear that. But what does that mean? Okay? It means this. That when a calm leader, a deacon, and an elder sits with you and say, Hi, bud. Let's have a chat. Maybe the way that you're dealing with your finances is not good. Or maybe the way you're treating younger girls, so it's a, a young guy. Uh, it's not, it's not, it doesn't speak of Jesus. Or maybe the way that you speak about this person or raise your concern, gossip about other people, is actually not helpful for, for your walk. When they come and they sit down to say that, you need to realize, let me rephrase that, we need to realize that the reason for them coming and doing that, addressing those things in us, challenging us, is because we're not meant to stay babies. We're meant to be mature in God. And things like that, sin, is always going to be one of the stops for us in order to mature. And so we want to take away everything. Like you, you remember my preach a couple of weeks ago with the, the jacket. We're taking hold of Jesus. We want to take off everything and want people to help us to take off everything that keeps us back from growing in God. Amen? It's going to mean this, that we're not just here to make you feel okay and that you're going to heaven one day. No, because that's not God's plan. God's plan for you is to walk out the plans and the purposes that He has set out for all of us. For you, it might not be standing here preaching. But like Andrew spoke on the 412 conference, he said, these things that we think is like the good things or the big things, we need to realize these are the bottom things. But going to work and, 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 and loving that person that is just fighting you or just sharing help or giving someone that's never going to see it, never going to know that you've done that, those things to God look way more than even someone standing here preaching week and week and week and giving themselves in that way. Is that, do you hear what I'm saying? And so our job here is not to just make you feel okay. You're going to go to heaven. You've given your life to Jesus. And so you, you're, you're fine. No. Our job is here to spur one another on towards love and towards good works. And for that, we need to say, yes, Lord, come on, bring it on. For us, for me, I'm going to war to anything and everything that is keeping me and us immature.
And I want to ask us, did we actually say, yes, Lord, we want it as well. We want to be mature believers. Mature, those who walk in a way that speaks of your kingdom. And the thing is this, we can't mature without challenge. Just like the seed, it's got a challenge in having to grow. We can't mature without that. And we can't mature without addressing sin in our lives. So, the place where I need us to be is this, or want us to be, is for each and every one of us to come to Jesus and to say, Jesus, would you challenge me? Jesus, would you challenge me in the way that I live my life, in the way that I speak to people, in the way that I spend my finances, in the way that I spend my time, in the way that I love those who don't love me, in the way that I trust and walk and allow people to help me. Jesus, would you come and challenge me? So I'm going to ask us, just in this moment, if we can maybe close our eyes. I know we've got some visitors here this morning. And so even as I'm speaking now, I want to encourage you um, yeah, to respond however you see fit and to join in. But for just uh, one or two moments, I want to speak to us that are here and are believers and love the Lord and part of the family. just want to speak to us for a moment here. So just as your eyes are closed. So the question then ends up going, like, we need to be able to recognize that we need maturity in our life, that we need growth in our life. And so yes, just three points that I want to just get to us. To ask yourself this question. Am I still getting offended with friends or a spouse or leaders or loved ones around me? Am I still getting offended? If you're getting offended, there's still immaturity. Is your love patient and without strings and hoops? What do I mean with that? When you give love, is there conditions to that love? Or is it something that you come and you give freely to whomever wants to take? And if those love, that love is still based on strings and I'm going to do this so you can do that for me, we've got to realize that there's growth that needs to happen. This maturity that needs to come. And then lastly, are you trusting the leaders that God has given to lead you? And is your thoughts towards them? And when you think of them, are you thinking, how can I make their life a joy in leading me?
these are the things that is in God's heart. And as we live out these things, we become mature. And so, I'm going to read you a scripture. And I believe that this is God's heart for all of us. In Ephesians 1, it says this. I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called, His holy people who are rich and, glo- who are rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the great, incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made Him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is His body. And it's made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. That's God's heart for us. And so this morning, as we're sitting here, I want to encourage you to respond in this moment. And I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to ask you to respond right there in your heart. To God and say, God, Jesus, would you come and challenge me? Would you challenge me to grow and work on things in my life and allow others to speak into those things? And then I want to put a challenge out to us. That somewhere today or tomorrow, that you actually phone someone up and say, hey, I've prayed this prayer that God, I want God to challenge me. But I want you to help me. And I want to give you space that you actually speak into my life. And to challenge me in places where you feel I'm not measuring up. So Father, I want to thank you for each and every person here. I want to thank you, Lord, that you're calling us into a place of where Right now, we are but a seed. But you are wanting to put us in a place of where we become flowers that are blooming. And so, I thank you, God, that we have been placed here with one another. I thank you, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit, that you've made a way for us to grow and to mature. Both as individuals, but also as a body. And so, we pray that you would come... And have your way in us. That you would come and challenge us in this place.